Welcome to We'll Decide Wednesday, a special feature for the Do Better podcast, where Dr. Megan Miller and Joe Smith discuss a randomly chosen topic for five minutes each Wednesday as chosen by a wheel. Are that's you scary. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. <laughs> We've already done a few of them. Hopefully you're not scared. All no, right. it's actually been fun. <laughs> Let's see what our wheel decides for us today. Uh, we already uh, did this one. Will, you let us down. I know. We'll have to spin again. All right. Uh, All right. I'm going to do, do this, okay? So here's a new rule. If we spin and it's something we've already talked about, we just do the one right below it, and we just work our way down until, you know, if we get to one we haven't done before. So we don't have to sit here and spin forever. So All right. it says the, professional conferences. The one right below that is life cycle of a BCBA. And we have not done that one yet. Yeah. And then if, as always, if you have a suggestion for us, let us know on a hashtag. We'll decide Wednesday. <laughs> okay. And we will add that to our wheel for our next round of uh, wheel <laughs> spinning. Decide. Yeah. All right. So life cycle of a BCBA. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, <clears throat> who did it the last time? I don't remember. I think I did. Yeah, I did uh, for the last Okay, time. then let me, let me, uh, let me go. Yeah, I, I think mean, it'd be interesting to hear as like the newer minted one, what you expect the life cycle of a BCBA to be or what, what you've experienced so far. I like that. I like that. It's fake. Okay. And of course, as you guys know, this is completely random and we have no prep for this. So I'm going to start the time now. Okay. So my idea of a life cycle of a BCBA is first you finish your master's degree. You, you, uh, take the, you practice for the test, take the test, pass it. And then you become, you start your, you're blooming, right? Um, and then you're a BCBA, but your life cycle does not stop there. You continue you know, as a BCBA for maybe a, a clinic or as a with a company, and then from there you gain more experience, and then you become more comfortable and more fluent, and um, you decide you make a decision on a specialty that you want to work in, and then you decide to take on that specialty, and then you specialize as a you're a specialized BCBA in that field. And then you start as, you know, specializing, providing services for that client. And then you become a leader. And then as a, and then once you become a leader, you are engaged in conferences. You are providing, providing, uh, I mean, like you're just disseminating information to the rest of the field. You're um, traveling and you're, you're sharing your wealth of knowledge to other BCBAs. And then from there, I think um, you get to a point where you continue and you learn from others while you're being a leader. And then you're disseminating that information until you retire. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but that's my viewpoint. I mean, my thought um, as a BCBA, which is a lot different from like, my life cycle of a teacher because as a teacher graduate school you pass your exam you become a, you find a job as a teacher 
you're a teacher till you retire. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad because like I'm thinking about is like at, for the lifespan of a teacher, you're just a teacher. There's, I mean, what kind of growth can you? You can maybe do, I don't think you get paid more for it, but you could be a teacher who does um, student teaching, like a lead teacher or something that's a model classroom. But that's not, those are, it just depends on what school you're in and whether or not those opportunities are available. And again, I don't know that there's any monetary piece to it. It depends on the school district. And I know there's, you know, you could be like a curriculum design or, but, or you could, you know, typically move up to be, you know, someone in administration, but that was never my go-to plan. I never wanted to be an administrator. Yeah. Um, um, you could move into being a professor, um, yeah. if you want to go that route, but, um, it, the life cycle of a BCBA is, um, I would think, I mean, would have a lot more opportunities to grow. Yeah. There, well, and there's just so many more different things you can do. <laughs> well, let me know because like my time is up, Megan. Okay. All right. Here we go. So when I think of the life cycle of a BCBA, I just reflect on my own experience, of course, but also I have peers who seem to go through the same cycle. So this is my summary of the life cycle. Um, most people start out before even becoming a BCBA doing hopefully in some type of intervention, whether it's you're working in a classroom as a paraprofessional or you're working in the homes or clinics doing one-on-one -on -one or there's other routes, but I'm mostly focusing on kind of the developmental disability autism space. And then when you're doing that, you're basically a grunt worker. You're doing all, like when I first started in the field, I got paid basically minimum wage, drove a ton, killed my car, car. <laughs> and the parents really relied on us. We were their rock. You know, we did a lot for the families and made their lives possible. And, and we were really integral in the progress that the children were making that we were working with and we and we were young and that's i think this is more of like the typical life cycle if you're starting in the field like everyone that i know was undergrad do you have a i don't know i had a lot more energy then than i do now in the <laughs> 30s. Uh, so i you know it didn't wasn't a big deal if i worked from like seven o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night and then i might even go to the bar afterwards right not yeah. it or anything, but you had the energy basically to, to live off of like four or five hours of sleep. But then what I've found, and there was, again, a lot of, I was volunteering a lot to do various things to get experience and really learn about mm -hmm. the client. So I read a ton of books, articles, helped make materials, helped make data sheets, but all of that was just voluntary type stuff to just get more and more under my belt and more experiences under my belt. And then as I first became certified, you definitely, when you're first certified, you go through a lot of like, oh my gosh, do I know what I'm doing? <laughs> How is anybody <laughs> trusting me with any of this? What is <laughs> so a lot of reaching out to mentors and, and double checking my thought process and really making sure I knew mm -hmm. what I was doing. I was working again from like 7am until eight o'clock at night. And then I would write programs and update treatment plans, figuring out a lot of just initial like grunt work with being yeah. a CBA. Like now I have to write all these programs. It's going to take me longer, but then you do become more fluent. And it basically like what you talked about, you start to kind of specialize in certain things and become a leader. So then that starts to free up time to become more of a balanced uh, person again. Yeah. Now I'd be like, I don't know if it's possible to go 
through the cycle without losing your, your sense of self for a few years while you're kind of getting all these skills under your belt. But yeah. that seems to be what I've experienced with most people is that's kind of how things go. But then you should eventually after, you know, five to 10 years in the field, be able to like separate more. And if you're, my point being, if you've been in the field for a while and you're still at that, like grunt, you feel like you're grunt work and there is no balance and it's just all ABA every day and you don't have time for yourself, then you probably need to reflect upon making some changes because yeah. you should be. And, and if you're young, like a newer BCBA or like newer to the field and you are in that grunt stage, it's not the rest of your life. So there is hope <laughs> and you will get through this and try to like, like, I, I don't, I just don't see how you could initially be in any field that requires you to learn so many new skills, whether it's being a doctor, an educator, a behavior analyst, like anytime where there's specialized skills that need to be learned, you're going to have at least a year, possibly up to five of this, like just crazy exhaustion, like difficult time but there is hope and then you should get past that and be in a mm -hmm. more balanced state. So that's, I went way over my time. I think we could do another podcast on this. We, we probably could. <laughs> and like, I, I feel you like right now, I feel like I'm the grunt right now. I'm like in the trenches. I'm doing all the heavy lifting, but I expected that coming into this field too. Yeah. Because I experienced that as a teacher. My first five years as a teacher, that was all grunt work. Now I'm on the cruise. Like I know what I'm doing and but I'm at the time now where I'm being a, I'm a leader as a teacher and I'm providing like disseminating information in my, in my uh, building and just being a sounding board, like sounding board and also just be a voice of reason for other teachers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So definitely, I think we could talk about this one more for sure. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone else wants to, you know, talk about this and leave their comments or their feedback about the life cycle of a BCBA, uh, hashtag us at uh, We'll Decide Wednesday or hashtag Do Better. So let us know. You know, I would love to hear what other people's experience is because I'm, I'm a newly mentored BCBA and I think this is something that um, is really interesting and important to talk about. So. Yep. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening.